Did you start it? Welcome, welcome on into the first round fantasy podcast. Your home for second round advice. I'm Gabriel. I got Jacob and Joe here to meet today, gentlemen. We're uh, missing a soldier in arms. Justin will be back next week. You hope to catch him then in all of his great analysis. I guess it's great. I don't. Know. He couldn't handle. He couldn't <laughs> he handle might the Kenyan Drake talk today. today. Yeah, yeah right? he could have. Uh, but I'll take that on if I have to. Anyways, thank you as always for listening. Feel free to follow us before we get into anything today on Twitter at First Round Fantasy, YouTube First Round Fantasy. If you ever got a question for the show, First Round Fantasy at gmail.com or any one of those other platforms. Also, Instagram at First Round Fantasy. We got the merch up at T Public. It's always on sale. So just look good in whatever you want to wear sweatshirts, shirts, tank tops. Look good drinking too with mugs and water bottles. And guess what? Now we got tapestries. I just found out what that was yesterday. <laughs> so all fun stuff here. But you don't want to be bored with all of that. You know where to find us by now. For those of you who are new, thank you. Let's get right into it today, fellas. Talking about part two of the free agent frenzy and all that has happened. We did a live show just last week. We had a great turnout for it being our first one. And we are so thankful for all of you who kind of came out and interacted with us and showed us how great our few supporters are and we hope to grow and you guys can see that as we uh grow and bring you more better and improved content throughout the future i'm gonna stop rambling topic one something we missed right after the show ended or the following morning giants they were the front runners they landed the man they wanted kenny galladay four years 72 million dollars joe hot take what are you feeling I think we all expected this, right? And mm -hmm. judging off of the available places that he was rumored to go, which was pretty much, I think, down to what Cincinnati and the Giants. Mm -hmm. I like it. I mean, uh, I, I wanted him to go back to Detroit for fantasy purposes, but I understand them moving on. And if they're going to move on somewhere, why not Detroit? You know, or excuse me, why not New York? So, you know, they have some weapons. They have Saquon. They have Galladay. They have Evan Ingram. They have Kyle Rudolph. They have uh, Sterling Shepard. They have, um, gosh, what's the other guy's name? I can never remember. Who's the third wide receiver over there? Uh, Darius Slayton. Slayton. There you go. And um, it's going to be interesting, man. I don't know how this impacts Daniel Jones. I was watching uh, our guy Barry the other day. He was like, I was so high on Daniel Jones last year, and he let me down, and I told myself <laughs> I'm never getting back on the bus. And he's like, but then I looked at these weapons. I'm back on the bus. Oh, and like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not in on the top 10 bus, but I'm in on, like, let's wait and see what happens. He may not be the worst thing to stash on the end of your bench. So uh, if you don't end up with one of these top seven, eight quarterbacks. So uh, I like it, man. I like it. I think it was a good move for fantasy, a good move for football. You know what? I – Agree with you wholeheartedly there, Joe. I would have liked to see them go to a place like Cincinnati where you have more of a promising young talent in Joe Burrow. They didn't work it out. He finds himself in New York. All of the weapons. Guys, are you even considering drafting Daniel Jones now at this point with the possibility? Just look at what they've given him. Can he be fantasy relevant? We're talking top 10, top 12. Is he going to be that type of guy with Kenny Galladay, all those other options that Joe just mentioned? What do you think, Jacob? Look, every year, and these some of these guys fall in and out of this, but every year there's these guys around the 10 to 12 range that kind of get picked up and dropped all season long, and mm -hmm. people are streaming them, maybe even 10 to 15 range. And I think he's going to be in there, and he's going to be one of these guys that somebody rosters and possibly starts on their bye weeks when Aaron Rodgers is on a bye or whatever. But I – I can't help but be optimistic about this offense. Can you, there's not a lot of teams that you can name the starting running back, starting tight end, the 
the starting receivers that the whole the whole offense is has better weapons. You know, it's like the Bucks have pretty good weapons, but they don't have a Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it's going to be interesting. And as far as Galladay goes, I'm not extremely you know excited about this, but I do like it. It's not. I think it's going to be pretty similar to what he was, to be honest. And he he never was an elite, elite top eight wide receiver. I think he finished number seven one year, depending on your scoring, but he was never in that top five. And I don't think he will be. I still think he'll be somewhere between eight and 12, which is pretty solid to me. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to watching them play. I just pray that they stay healthy. All all of them. (laughs) Big concern for Kenny Galladay is health. And we have talked about it before on the podcast, specifically pertaining to Kenny Galladay. Uh, about how he's not really a volume-based guy. He's not going to hit you with the 10 targets, the 11 catches, whatever it may be. He's going to hit you for the four catches, you know, 99 yards and a touchdown. He's always been that big play guy. So you hope he gets it with Daniel Jones. Um, You know what bothers me? I was talking to somebody about that the other day, guys. Why isn't he that target hog? Like, he's six foot four. He's giant. Throw him the ball and let him get it. Was that a product of a Stafford offense, or was that just Galladay not being able to separate? Because I was reading some takes on that. Was people were saying he's just not the best at separating. Well, that's fine. I get it. You know what? Larry Fitzgerald is fantastic, and he separates very well. But he's also a big dude, and in his prime, you throw him the ball, and he goes up and gets it, right? Mm-hmm. Same with Anquan Bolden. Same with guys like Mike Evans. They don't need to be wide open to get them the ball. So – why haven't we seen that out of Galladay? And is that maybe something that we'll see in New York now that he has a Saquon Barkley like Jacob said to take the pressure off the run game? You know, the Lions have never been good in the run. So if the Giants can be good there, that may help Galladay. Agreed, man. And when during our time as you know fantasy football football players, other than Calvin Johnson kind of was there. When were we ever like the Lions are an elite offense, explosive offense? We never really talked about them like that. No. And I think this can be that. So he could, he could look, it's in the realm of possibilities that Galladay does get into that top five. And maybe Daniel Jones is more YOLO than Matt Stafford and he just throws it to him, like even if he doesn't get yeah. separation. Because I have heard that now that this is official. All everybody's talking about is how Galladay can't get separation and he's a go up and get it uh, against the defender. So that could be the reason why he never got targets. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be exciting, man. I just like you guys said, and you can't hammer this point enough. It's health. Saquon, Mm -hmm. Ingram, Sterling. All of them are are injury prone. All of them. So listen, what's going to end up happening, guys, is we're going to be left with the same situation as probably we always are with the Giants is – some of these guys are probably going to get hurt. Some of them are probably going to stay healthy. And you just hope that you get the one that stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, that that's probably the best way to put it. I, I don't think I'd spend the draft capital on Kennedy Galladay, call, uh, Kenny Galladay with the question mark of Daniel Jones. I'd love to see him be fantasy relevant this year. And he has been. There, has, there have been instances where he's been very good for fantasy. But just overall, he's not somebody you really keep on your team throughout the entirety of the season. So I want to see the consistency there first. Maybe sort of that um, Josh Allen level improvement. I hope he can get there. I'm not banking on that. Well, I'm not saying the entire jump to Josh Allen from year two to year three. But I'm just saying if he can improve. um, But I'm not going to go out and really get any of these guys unless the value just becomes way too easy. I'm hoping for like a peak Jared Goff. Like that's that's, that's my ceiling for for Daniel Jones. Dude, picture Goff was top three. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is because Goff, we real Goff is not the most talented quarterback, but you put yeah. him in the right situation, give him the right pieces, he can exceed. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think Daniel Jones ever gonna be Mahomes level, never, but, never. but no, I think no, no. peak Jared Goff is his ceiling. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, that would be awesome, dude. If we got peak Jared Goff, that. That's a top 10 quarterback. So I, I hope so. I think we're looking more at like, I don't want to say Derek Carr because he's not there, but maybe peak, <laughs> peak Wentz. 
peak Wentz, right? Where Wentz was top eight, nine, 10, 11 yeah. in that range. I think maybe that's where I have him. But he has way better weapons than Wentz ever had. So Agreed. Very, true. Very true. Well, that's enough about Kenny Galladay. Uh, let's move on. Let's go ahead and talk about – or I shouldn't say let's talk about Let's go down to Las Vegas. I'm very sad to say it. But you know what? Things happen for a reason. And for the NFL – for the, in the terms of the team themselves, I think this is a good pickup. Kenyon Drake signs a two-year deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, for fantasy purposes, it derails the entirety of Josh Jacob owner's dynasty value, redraft value. He is just capped, and he will forever be the person that does not receive another target in NFL basketball. <laughs> He's just not going to get the pass catching rope. Uh, John Gruden came out and said that Kenyon Drake is a jack of all traits. They plan to use him outside, inside, line him up with the receivers. So that just tells me one thing. He's going to be getting the passing work wherever it comes from. And this day and age, when it comes to fantasy, you want the back that has it all. You want the guy who can run the ball and catch the ball, the CMCs, the Saquons. And for the last two years or so, we've been teetering on that line. Well, is Josh Jacobs going to be that guy? He's been running all this year. He ran all last year. We thought this might be the year, and it doesn't look like it's going to be the case. Therefore, he slides back in my rankings for whatever they end up being. We haven't done them yet, obviously. But uh, I don't see it boding well for Josh Jacobs because the only guy that I want that just purely runs the ball is Derrick Henry. And I don't think Josh Jacobs is Derrick Henry just yet. What are you thinking about, Joe? I mean, dude, from a purely football standpoint, this was the dumbest move I've ever seen. No! Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but this team has holes everywhere on the defense. People are t- they're they're dismembering their offensive. They line. traded what two or three of their offensive linemen, which was one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, they they get, cut one of them. They get rid of the offensive line. And then they go and sign Josh or Josh Jacobs back up to a seven million dollar deal if he hits those incentives, minimum six million dollar deal. Like I just don't get it. But even from a fantasy standpoint, I was pissed. But listen, guys, I've taken some time. I've thought about it, and here's where <laughs> I've here's where I've left off. Kenyon Drake was thrust into that. I'm gonna do it all back role last year, right? And he, you know, Edmonds was there at times, but for fantasy purposes. He was the guy. He had 240 carries. He had never even cracked 200 before that. Uh, And I don't think he did that great, right? We all had higher expectations for him last year that he was going to easily hit 1,000 yards. He's in this high-octane offense. He's got Hopkins over here, Kyler Murray. There's no pressure. Well, it looked at times where you're like, man, Edmonds is better than him. Well, so I kind of like this move for Drake because I looked at the numbers, guys, and – the Raiders, two years ago, Josh Jacobs had 250 carries or so. He still had 1,150 yards. It was maybe his best year. Uh, and his Kenyon, rookie season, I think. Yeah, right. yeah, I think it was, yeah. And then Kenyon Drake, yeah. when he was in Miami, when he had those pretty dynamic years, he was only 120, 130 carry back, right? But he made his impact by getting 53 receptions for 500 yards getting five touchdowns through the air, getting four on the ground. He was a 1,000 yards all-purpose. But you look at the Raiders from two years ago, well, DeAndre Washington had 108 carries. Jalen Richard had 39. You're, you're looking at 150 right there, right? So it's easy to see where Drake can get 150 carries and then get some pass work, right? Because what, when we look at talk about the Raiders, we say Ruggs, very underwhelming last year, didn't do anything that we expected. In terms of the rookie wide receivers, he was a flop. Right. Then we look at who else they have on the rookies or at the wide receiver. They got Edwards. Sure. A lot of flash. We haven't seen anything. Renfro, very average player. Waller is the guy, right? Well, who else is the guy? It kind of makes sense that Drake is the number two pass option. Right. I mean, in rugs, even at his best, doesn't project to be a guy that's getting 10 targets. No, I think never. he's a deep bomb threat. Mm-hmm. So you can get him four, five, six targets, but you can also get Drake seven, eight targets. So I don't know, guys. I'm kind of excited for Drake because I think last year he was overdrafted. This is going to set the expectations back a little bit to where, hey, he's not a third rounder, fourth rounder, second rounder. He's probably a sixth, seventh guy. 
sixth, seventh round guy. And you you may get really good value, flex value, second RB value out of him. So I like it. I'm okay with it. Not from a, a football standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint. I'll piggyback really quick before I hand it off to you, Jacob. I, I love the move too, for all the reasons you just said. And, you know, especially the part where you said they literally dismantled their O-line. Who knows who's going to be able to get through whatever they put in front of Derek Carr this year. And if they don't improve that defense at all, Josh Jacobs becomes a game uh, player who gets game scripted out. So meaning Kenyon Drake is going to be in there tw- just as much and getting all that dump down pass work when everyone gets through the line. So for fantasy purposes, like Joe said, I, I completely agree with this move and I will take Drake uh, pretty comfortably wherever he's sitting. I probably going to fall somewhere like in that six to seven round range. Jacob, what about you? Yeah, I think that Drake will be looked at as a backup to uh, most casual fantasy players, but I think he's going to be a little bit more than that. You know what this reminds me of uh, is, I don't want to say a poor man's, but a middle-class man's uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Look how productive those guys were together last year. And there were ups and downs. Chubb missed some games, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Kareem Hunt uh, actually performed better when Chubb was there uh, for the most part. But, if you look at their both of their seasons overall, pretty damn good. And you're, I, I mean, I had both of them in one league and I started them both every week and it, it worked out pretty well for me. I think this could be a similar situation where obviously Kenyon Drake is the cream hunt in this situation, more of a pass catching back, change of pace, third down, all that stuff. And Josh Jacobs is, is like the Nick Chubb. And to be honest, it's very rare where these days where you have a Saquon Barkley and a Christian McCaffrey where they're just straight up the workhorse or even, a, even Derrick Henry usually would come off the field every third down. But my point is, I think both of these guys are going to be fantasy relevant to be honest, because before I honestly thought of Josh Jacobs as he's got to be an RB one. That's how I, I thought of him going into every season so far. Now I'm like, okay, while look, we still have Nick Chubb as an RB one, but while I'm not going to be looking at Josh Jacobs as an RB1, I'm looking at him as a high-end RB2, and then Kenyon Drake as an RB3 flex option. So I don't think it's the end of the world, to be honest. And they did say that Drake is going to, for what it's worth, we, we've heard this coach talk before, but that Drake is going to line up at wide receiver yeah, a yes. lot. Um, apparently Gruden has told him that. And I think, I, I think Gruden is an offensive mind. So I think he's like, I'm just going to go all in on what I know is is offense. And I think he wants to improve that opposed to improving the defense. But for fantasy, I don't mind this. Yeah, they yeah. need to improve the defense. But it thinks like – I feel like we all agree here. Uh, definitely Kenyon Drake will be fantasy relevant. It's just a matter of where and what time and when. But we will probably see that very, very soon. I like Somewhere that comparison to Jacob of Hunt and Chubb. I was thinking of it as like a reverse Ingram Kamara, where Kamara's the pass catcher, but he's so uh, much better that yeah. he takes the lead role. Well, this is going to be the opposite. You know, Drake is that yeah. pass catcher. Uh, maybe he's going to get down in the, in the red zone because they pass it more. So we'll see. I don't know. I, I like it, though. Interesting. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. All right, guys, we're moving on. Wide receiver, Kenny Stills. Or not Kenny Stills. Wide receiver, Will. <laughs> I was like, Fuller, what? Where did he go? <laughs> formerly Disrespect, as... man. <laughs> All right, my bad. Will Fuller moving to Miami, baby, on a one year deal so he can get some more of those, uh, you know, don't they do like stuff in Miami? You know? <laughs> no offense, but he's got a past, and I hope that he's put it behind him. Anyways, for fantasy purposes, I think this is a great move. It gives Tua another weapon to develop with. Uh, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, uh, Gasecki, whoever they decide to put in that running back backfield. I think this is shaping up to be a very nice receiving core. Uh, Jacob, I'll hand this one off to you first. How do you feel, man? I mean, I completely agree that Will Fuller might even be uh, – he'll probably be the wide receiver too in that role, but I do like it. What about you? I honestly am not a big fan of this, and I I think you guys might disagree. But uh, look, for Tua, this is good. For the more talented players you put around Tua, the more successful he's going to be. So if you're a Tua uh, owner in Dynasty or whatever, or you're hoping he could get up to top 12, this is good. But 
if you're looking at Will Fuller, obviously to me, this is a huge downgrade. Let's say hypothetically, and I don't think this is going to happen, but hypothetically Deshaun Watson does play for Houston this year. I don't think it's going to happen. But if he does, then I would much rather prefer Fuller back in Houston. With this situation, I don't know how pass heavy this offense is going to be. I mean, I, I think they're going to run a lot. I think to a safe and I don't think he's going to get it downfield to Will Fuller that often, but, and I didn't, I don't watch college football that much, but uh, I, I've heard people talk about how a lot of Tua's wide receivers were wide open at Alabama that, and that he was kind of, then he comes into the NFL and everybody's heavily covered, like very closely covered. And if Will Fuller can get open and get down the field and Tua can just get it to him, maybe it will be a good match, but I think Fuller definitely downgrade. Well, while Fuller was on his way to a top 10 season last year before the suspension, I think he's looking more back to where he was before last season. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you there. And when I said coming over, I see him as the wide receiver too in mm-hmm. that, on that team. To Devontae Parker. Parker. Yeah. And again, that's a team that's still trying to find their offensive identity. It's contingent on the development of, Troy Tua, whatever you call his last name. So we'll have to see how that pans out. But I forgot to even go to you first, Joe, because you are the new resident <laughs> Dolphins fan here. You just tied into it by marriage now, I guess. So we'll let you see what you take. Listen, guys, I'm going to make our boy Gio very happy. But I came into this summer and I told you guys, I remember when we did the wide receiver episode, I said, Will Fuller is, you guys didn't even have him on the top list. He was on the secondary list. And I said, this is my guy. I said, the hell with it. Every time he's been healthy, he's been a baller, right? He didn't get hurt last year. He got suspended for PEDs. That's unfortunate. I don't know why he was taking them. Maybe it was to stay healthy or, or, or maybe he just made a bad decision, whatever. I think he's a fantastic player. And I looked at Tua last year and I said, you know what? They're super safe with him. But then I started thinking, man, this isn't the first time a team has been super safe with a quarterback, right? And then he all of a sudden blows up. The reality is Tua was coming off a big injury, Mm -hmm. right? He's obviously talented. You don't get drafted as a top five pick if you're not talented. So, yes, why put him in a a position to fail? Why put him in a position to uh, get hurt? I was honestly suspect that they even let him play. I thought they should have just rode with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They were winning games. Why not just let Tua take the season and, you know, get healthy? But, you know, then everybody starts, you know, to question him even more. So you had to put – in today's NFL, there is no waiting three years on the bench. You know, you wait six games and people are already questioning, was it a mistake to draft that guy? So I think this is the best thing that you can do. You want Tua to be successful? Well, he had a pretty decent touchdown interception rate, uh, you know, for a rookie, 11-5. and five. You know, he had a pretty good completion percentage, 64%. You know, yeah. I, I – I look at another guy who had pretty similar stats and played only 11 games to start his career, and that was my guy Josh Allen, who had a 52% completion percentage, so not not as good as Tua. His touchdowns were 10. His interceptions were 12, so he was a 1 to 1.2. That's awful. He only threw 2,000 yards. And now Josh Allen is the guy we all know and love, and he's a top-five quarterback hands down next year, and he put up 40 touchdowns and 4,500 yards. I'm not saying Tua ever gets there. I'm just saying I'm not ready to write him off because of last year. So what do I do? I get him my favorite wide receiver, a big bomb deep threat, a guy who's shown that he could do more than that after they traded Hopkins. He was getting big games. So I like this. As long as Fuller stays healthy, I don't have him as the wide receiver too. I think he is the wide receiver one. Devontae Parker, you need to fall in line. Wow. Um, Wow. I could honestly, I couldn't disagree with you more. I what think has Devontae, Devontae Parker, Parker shown in his years? Well, and to be honest, like Ryan Fitzpatrick was the one getting Devontae Parker the ball, and Devontae Parker was solid last year when he wasn't injured. Uh, he's always injured, but uh, I guess this is a theme of today. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, I just, I think, no, I, I think he's, I don't think he's better. Then Fuller, when it just comes down to pure talent, but I just think he's been on this team. He's already played with two. He's familiar with them that it's going to carry over into this season and that it would take time for Fuller to kind of get comfortable with two or vice versa. 
That's fair. I mean, in 14 games that Parker played last year, Will Fuller had 100 more yards in 11 games. He had 10 more receptions in three less games and 100 more yards, and he had eight touchdowns compared to the But he was Parker catching Park. balls from Deshaun, from Deshaun Watson. I don't disagree. 100%. <laughs> he was catching balls from Deshaun Watson. You're 1,000% you're right. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, what we know about this guy is he airs it out, right? They put up 30-something on the Niners. So it wasn't you know like what? Were I think this has to be a book it down somewhere around here. I think there has to be a book it down. There somewhere. is a book it down. I'm willing to do that. I, I'm willing to say. But we got to come up with something fair, you know, listen, like. These guys are injury prone. So let's do it the same way that we did our last book it down, which is 10 plus games. We'll do a point per games, right? So This one's interesting because they're on the same team too. Yeah, I love it. So if they both play 10 games, then we look at the point per game. I'd say even eight games. Eight games seems like you play half the season. We look at it on a point-per-game level. I think Fuller smokes Devontae this year. Okay, so Devontae Parker and Will Fuller are yeah, our players. It's, actually, it's becoming more and more interesting. I'm and so what? Are we doing an eight-game minimum? Ten. Yeah, let's, I'd say eight because these are both injury we both No, they're it's like when we did the Matthew Stafford and Fitzpatrick one, like – the only reason we chose 10 games is because Fitzpatrick might not start the games for not injury reasons, but other reasons. Yeah. Um, These guys are hurt. I'd say eight games. So we also have to figure out, we'll decide later, but you know how in most of our leagues we have bonuses. I think we have to take that out and just do like a standard scoring, not standard, not standard, but I mean like regular yeah. scoring league with no bonuses. PPR. I'm good with so that. Yeah. We'll, we'll look it up and look into it, but I got, um, all right. I agree. Cool. Fuller's more right to hit the more likely to hit those 150 yard bonuses. So yeah, we'll take those out. That's fine. Yeah. You know what? I'm going Fuller on this one. I'm going there you go. points okay. per game basis. Okay. There you go. I think around. that there's a lot we haven't seen yet of Will Fuller because of the injury prone and all that has happened in his career with the suspension last season. Yes, he's had Deshaun Watson throwing the ball to him, and he's been great doing that. Uh, we didn't see that relationship get off to a good start with Devontae Parker and Troy Tua, 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 Tua whatever you say his name is. I think he finds that bond with someone else. I think Will F Fuller is more of a deep threat. I think he can also fit in the slot. I think he's more versatile than Devontae Parker. I, I think there are better options for him on that team. Than Guys, Parker had Parker. that one amazing year, and that's no discredit to him. I was in big on him that year, and I still think he's a damn good player. I mean, Jacob, I know that I've talked to you about this for so long was, why can't this guy figure it out? He's got all the talent in the world. And he finally seems to be figuring it well, out. I, I think it was injuries, obviously, and in quarterback play. And to me, I, if you take Devontae Parker, put him on the Texans right now, and they play a full year next season, I think Devontae Parker is easy top 10 fantasy wide receiver. Sure, but Will Fuller was on his way. I mean, but to but you could say that about a lot of receivers, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, Will Fuller was on his way to being top five before he got suspended. He had 900 yards, eight touchdowns, 53 receptions in 11 games. I was loving it. I had him in your league, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was loving it. It was well, the most. We can leave this to the Twitterverse to the side. We'll put up a poll later. We'll see what you guys have to say as well. For the time being, it is a book it down in progress. We'll figure out those details later and talk about it later. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this next guy. He was a free agent, which is why we have to bring him up. Juju Smith-Schuster. He re-signs with the Steelers. I think we can all kind of figure out what his role will be. You likely will not spend as much as you did last year on him. He's surely falling back in drafts this year uh, to a more comfortable spot where you might consider taking him probably sixth or seventh, maybe even the fifth round. Uh, with that being said, I love him there his role really shaped towards the end of the season when we saw him get comfortable uh, with those short intermediate passes, you know, six or seven catches a game for 50 yards. And then you were banking on the touchdown. I'll take that as my wide receiver three. He was really consistent the last five or six games of the season. And I want that in a wide receiver three wide receiver two, maybe low end. So I'm all for it. Um, if you guys have anything to say, chip in now because we kind of already know how his role is defined in pittsburgh well i think there's more to it too like the disappointment of him not going to a potentially better situation and the disappointment of this hurting uh chase claypool and deontay johnson i look 
I'm a selfish fantasy player. I think in terms of where do I want these players no, to go? Jacob's selfish? Fantasy and I mean player? in the sense of I'm not worried about other than the Niners, I'm not worried about these other the success of these other teams, right? So when I'm thinking about this, I'm worried about okay, where's the best situation for Juju Smith Schuster? What's the best situation for Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson? Let's say Juju goes to the Chiefs, which the Ravens and the Chiefs, the Ravens officially offered him an offer. The Chiefs were rumored in there as well. And oh my good, like look, it might be a situation where we probably would have overdrafted Juju if he went to the Chiefs, but I would be so excited about that. And then also I would be stoked about Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson going into this year. Now, honestly, I think while they were all productive throughout the season last year, kind of fell off near the end. Now I'm just, I feel, I think all three of them are going to be worse than they were last year, to be honest, because (sighs) Ben is going to be worse than he was last year. And they're going to, they're going to bring in a running back somehow. They need to fix the running game. So I think all three receivers are hurt by this and they're going to be worse fantasy wise than they were last year. God, Jacob, you summarized it. I, I hate, I could not hate this move more guys. Juju had 97 catches last year and somehow didn't even hit 850 yards. He had his first season, 16 yards of reception. That was the season we all grew to love him playing inside uh, Antonio Brown. Second season, 13 yards of reception. Last year, 8.6. 8.6. That was disgusting. Literally what gets him. No, dude, it was worse. I had him in our big league, in in our beer drinkers. Dude. This guy would some games, I shit you not, he would get like, excuse me, I kid you not, would get like seven catches, 22 (laughs) yards. And I would be like, dude, I got nine points, sure. But like seven catches, 11 targets, you're wanting 20 points, right? And I think Jacob couldn't have said it better, dude. Claypool and Deontay Johnson. If Juju left, Claypool and Deontay Johnson were suddenly, we're talking about guys that are, easy top 30 guys well honestly i don't know which would be which but i would i wouldn't be surprised if one of them was a wide receiver one and the other was a wide receiver two because all three of them were in the top 30 for a while last year i think they all finished the season as the top 30 yeah i think they did yeah dude those guys would have both been top 20 juju finished 16 deontay johnson finished 21 and claypool was somewhere right behind him 23 you really picked it up later on in the season yeah. i think i think you guys are living like joe said in those games where it was like dude what the heck is juju has got nine catches i'm stoked oh wait he's only got 42 yards wasn't <laughs> it's it's not like they're gonna be trash but it's just it was so you weren't sure who was gonna have the bus game right two of them were gonna blow up one of them was gonna bust it just was never you didn't know who so now where do you draft them Okay, if I got to go into a season, I say, Gabe, every two games you're going to get 15, 20 points from Juju, and then the third game you're going to get six. Like, where do you take him? You know, it, there's – I don't know. Do I? Somebody's going to draft him in the fifth round because he's Juju. I was yeah, praying – I'll take him. I, exactly. I was praying <laughs> that this guy was going to go to the Jets, reunite with his old buddy Sam Darnold, play for coach Robert Sala, and be the number two or number one A, one B with Corey Davis. That would have been so exciting. It would have been great for fantasy. It would have been great for football. Pittsburgh would have been a better situation. Now it's like, dude, this sucks. And one year, $8 million? Like, this guy was hyped up as, like, the man. Nobody obviously wanted to deal with his Corvette Corvette, huh? <laughs> well, I think I, I, the I one million. I think he's also just a very loyal. He's still young. He's 24. He has that kind of, you know, young kid mindset. I feel like he was really loyal to just Pittsburgh in general. He does a lot for the community there. He's the only pro football player that I follow on any social media platform. And the dude's a rock star, man. I think he's good for that community. He probably just hey, we get it. You like the guy, but man. <laughs> well, look, uh, the thing is, the one-year contract thing, you've seen a lot of one-year contracts this year. You guys fuller, know yeah. why. The salary cap was lowered this season. Yeah. So teams can't offer big contracts. Like Kenny Galladay is the only guy, uh, offensive fantasy player that we're talking about, that got like a, a four-year big contract. And that's because he, you know, this is the last time he's going to be able to get something like that. And the Giants, they had a need. And he had multiple suitors too. 
But Juju, I guarantee you he's not going to be back in Pittsburgh after this season. He took the no. one-year deal. It's comfortable. I bet you Big Ben was like, I need you just one more year. Come on, let's do this. And he was like, exactly. all right, epic, let's yeah, do it. Baltimore's probably sitting there saying, hey, we'll give you $15 million for one year and you get it. And here's guy. the problem. If Juju doesn't perform this year, it's going to hurt his contract chances next year. But I, I think, think next year he signs a long-term deal because he's 25, What just yeah. turned 25. Yeah. He uh, – Gabe knows his birthday. He um <laughs> 24 he's, years old. He's gonna sign a four or five year deal next season with the, the 49ers. No, I'm just kidding. No, like, I don't want somebody look at let's Dude, worry about with the Chiefs, go, and we're all go gonna ahead, be tortured. Go ahead, Listen, I like Juju. I, I enjoy him. I think he's a good player. I drafted him on two teams last year. I did not want him on the Niners. Uh, we have Ayuk and, and Debo, and I just didn't see the fit. You know, I, I well, want he's going to go to the Chiefs and they're going to win three Super Bowl, three Dude, more Super Bowls. They, so. they don't want him either. They got Tyreek and Miko. What do they need him for? They got Kelsey. They supposedly well, offered him a one-year deal. Well, yeah, the uh, Chiefs will take. It's like the it's like the Bucks, dude. Well, I guess point, anyone would take Juju on a one-year eight million, and he was like, "I'm only going to do that for Pittsburgh." The Steelers, basically. yeah. Because yeah. I mean, sense. look at the Bucks, dude. They proved last year. Like, forget the stats, man. If you can get Antonio Brown Gronk and uh, Bro, I bet you Juju Gronk. makes so much money on social media, he's not even worried. Dude, he's like uh, a pro streamer as a Yeah, he guy. I bet you he makes way play. more money on there. Not and way it, more, uh, but a lot of money we're, on we're there. We're talking we're talking a little too much about Juju's social life. I will say <laughs> this, if you guys are willing to book it down, uh I don't think he finishes in top inside the top oh, 15 this year, but I, I will know. I will definitely take a top 20 finish from Juju Smith-Schuster if you guys are willing to go in on that. It's and so also, I'm sorry, man. Well, I'm saying no, it's. I, top I put all my I'm energy. In I put all my energy in the Miami. Book it down. I can't commit to this one. <laughs> Look, yeah. I, I don't feel very strongly about this as, as much as I do about the Devonte Parker thing. Like, I think this hurts all three of them, but I don't know who is going to hurt the most. You know, yeah. what do Super I have to wide. do to make it more appetizing? Do you want me to go down top eighteen? Does he get inside the top eighteen? I say let's table this until we get closer to the season, and then I'll have an answer. Well, also, let's see what they do at running back, right? Like, yeah. that could determine if they draft <sighs> the guy in the first round, then we're like, oh, that's probably they're going to run the ball a lot. But if they just, if they go into the season with only Benny Snell and uh, McFarlane or whatever, then maybe they're going to throw a lot. So we'll see. That, that, that's yeah. me holstering my guns. All right. We'll, we'll, <laughs> Until wait. Then. we'll wait and see. We'll come back. Uh, let's go to Houston, guys. Obviously, there's a situation there involving quarterback Sean Watson. We'll see how that plays out. But we're talking specifically about the backfield and Philip Lindsay, the new acquisition. They also acquired Mark Ingram, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, it becomes one of the most interesting backfields in all of football because someone's going to get the football, and it's who? David Johnson, once highly acclaimed. Mark Ingram, once better than average. And Philip Lindsay, undrafted. You know, he had success his rookie year. He's kind of tailed off since then. Uh, right off the bat, I think I'm going Lindsay, or in that case, whoever's cheaper, whoever I can get for the <laughs> least value. I'll just see whoever falls first, wherever injuries play. I'll take the guy with the lowest draft capital and see where it pans out. It's a backfield I'm not very interested in. Oh, yeah, case. not at all. Joe, what about you? Uh, I, we've shared texts on this already, guys. I was already kind of disappointed when Mark Ingram went there, but I kind of was like, all right, that's cool. Who cares? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Duke Johnson? Is he still there too? No, they no. he's gone. Okay. Uh, they released him. But Philip Lindsay's actually a good player. Like, yeah. And he's not that old. So where Mark Ingram's like tail end of his career, he's kind of coming in as like the Frank Gore, just veteran, you know, stabilize the position. Uh, that team needs a lot of help, so he's a great locker room. I think guy they, exactly. I think they brought Ingerman yeah. for locker room. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Philip Lindsay's a good player who got derailed because the uh, Broncos went and signed Melvin Ingram or Melvin Gordon and kind of screwed him over. Uh, I didn't like it. I was hoping he was going to go somewhere where maybe he could be like a 1A, 1B. And now it's like, what is he, a 1A, 1B, 1C? I don't know. Uh, and I think David Johnson's probably hey, the one. No a. lie, I never thought about this, but I would have, I would have been down if the Niners signed Phil. I wanted him. I, yeah. Listen, I know we have Jeff Wilson. I know we have Mostert, and I like Jeff Wilson. I was big on the Jeff Wilson train last year. I said he. I remember we talked about it on the podcast, and I said I think he's ready for some more time. Uh, I, I mentioned we're going to bring in a, another running back. Uh, That's somehow. the thing. 
Yeah. And I'm guessing they're going to draft some guy in the fifth round or something, but I would have been down. Like the Niners still have $20 million to spend. Uh, we just signed Kawhi uh, Williams to be our nickel. We brought it back and Tart, but I still think we have some money to spend. And I saw his contract was like $3.5 million. Like Coleman's out, McKinnon's out. Those guys were making that money. So we had it. Um, I get like, Shanahan's kind of like, dude, we'll just bring some guy off the practice squad and he'll become our Matt Brida <laughs> or Jeff Wilson or Mostert, yeah. whatever. But All still, right, as like, much as I love to talk about you guys as Niners, our last two conversations have well, tailed off. The thing way. I wanted to mention the but the Phil. <laughs> by the way, I do think Philip Lindsay will be the most productive running back in Houston. Yeah, or DJ. I would probably lean towards Philip Lindsay, but and DJ can't handle a full load anyway at this point in his career. So this is yeah. not bad for him they were going to have somebody play anyway but the reason why i in the notes i made this a main segment is because to me it's more interesting what happens with the denver backfield now look we're so early in this that we can't predict that they're just going into the season with melvin gordon and royce freeman but if they are i really like uh melvin gordon and Joe, I'm sorry, man. I know you had high hopes before. If they don't bring in anybody else, I think it's finally Royce Freeman's time to do something. The problem oh, is God. they're going to bring in somebody else. Uh, I think one way or another, whether it's like they just sign one of these leftover guys in free agency or they draft somebody because they're loaded at wide receiver. I don't think they're going to draft another wide receiver, uh, but they could draft a running back. And I, I could see that. Uh, but what do you guys think? Do you? Let's say they don't bring in anybody else. Do you think Melvin Gordon could get up in the RB high RB2 range? Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. I mean, pure volume. Yeah, exactly. And we've seen it before with him, so it's not like all that crazy because Yeah, guy, it's not a, some guy we never seen before, yeah. Yeah, but I dude, either they're going to go it's just this is what the fantasy gods do to us, man. They're either going to go out and they're going to draft somebody or they're going to do something even more dumb and they're going to go and sign, like, I don't know, Kalen Balazs or, or James <laughs> Conner. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is, for them, it's a good move because you have it's good to have running back depth. But for fantasy, it sucks. Yeah, it's awful. Especially because we've always, like, uh, like you mentioned, we've always kind of liked Rolls Royce Freeman, right? We've always wanted to see what he could do. And to be honest, I looked at his stats like when he gets opportunities, he's not bad. He just doesn't get well, the opportunity. For, before they brought in Melvin Gordon for two seasons, it was him and Philip Lindsay. Yeah. And Philip Lindsay surprisingly was the better back, but we always like, oh, Royce Freeman's gonna blow up. And dude, I think one year people were taking Royce Freeman in like the fourth round. Like going into that season where Philip Lindsay took the role, people were taking Royce Freeman in like the fourth round. It was crazy. I was a resident Royce Freeman fan for quite some time, and now I'm not. Hey, I'm telling you, I'm giving them one more chance. Unless they draft a running back high-end or they bring in Leonard Fournette or something, I hope they don't do that. That would ruin fantasy value for Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette. But unless they make a big move at running back, I'm giving Royce Freeman one more chance. Fair enough. We'll have to wait and see. Joe departed. He'll be back shortly. So I don't uh, think we need to talk about Matt Breida necessarily, but I thought it was interesting. It was interesting in the sense that it's like you wanted someone more capable to join that backfield. And I think Matt Breida just kind of fits that speed burst role that Devin Singletary kind of fills. And now it's like, okay, which one is more appealing to me? I, I really think that the Bills will address their running back need again in the draft this year. I don't think we see them start the season with Matt Breida um Devin Singletary and Zach Moss I just I don't think we'll see that at all you, you agree yeah I mean so I think this is just depth you know both both of those guys have been banged up at times and I just think like I like we we're talking about the the Broncos it's now where like pe teams are going into it like we need three or four running backs because injuries change of pace different skill sets so from a fantasy perspective, obviously it does hurt um, the two guys there, uh, Singletary and uh, Moss. But is Philip Lindsay really going to play, or is uh, Matt Breida really going to play that much? 
like he didn't play that much in Miami. And what what's up with that? They signed Jordan Howard, bring in Matt Breida. Neither of them play. These two undrafted guys come out of nowhere and ball out. So uh, it, it's very interesting. Yeah. Again, it's just I don't know. It's I'm not very. I think that second it. one on the list, though, what you mentioned earlier, it is a might be a big deal. Oh, and that is Mike Davis to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm all about this, guys. Maybe I'm that should have been topic it. number six. <laughs> yeah, we should have moved it up the ladder, all right? It was a higher priority. But Joe's here for it, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I just think with Mike Davis going to Atlanta, now, you know, they have the typical nine picks. They can do what they want in the draft. They'll probably are likely to address the running back position. And when we look at Mike Davis last season, early on when CMC was first down and out, Mike Davis was entirely fantasy relevant. He was putting up great numbers. And then we kind of saw that tail off towards the end, even when CMC came back and then left again. Uh, That second stint was something that wasn't too pleasurable. He was almost at times benchable on your fantasy team. I am still entirely behind this until I see what happens with that Atlanta backfield. I don't think Edo Smith is going to eat into anything or whoever that other guy is. I think this is Mike Davis's backfield until they draft a rookie running back, which I think is likely. But on the off chance they do, let's just say this. If they address it and they get a running back somewhere in the first, second round, which I don't know if they will, but if they do, that high draft capital tells me, obviously they're going to implement this guy. But if they're drafting a guy in like the fifth, sixth, or seventh round, no worries to my qualms. I'm starting Mike Davis. I'm taking him with like, I don't know, my seventh or eighth pick. I'm not worrying about it. I think he's going to be great. He's going to be solid. The uh, problem I is, like Gabe, if they don't draft a running back till the fifth or sixth round, there's no way in hell Mike Davis is making it to the fifth or uh, to the seventh or eighth round. Like, fair enough, fair enough. So yeah. I'm comfortable taking him. Probably, I, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that's like second or third round. I think he's probably no, no. right in the fourth, maybe fifth round, yeah. which yeah. is right around that late RB two range. So I, I, I'll take him there. I'd feel comfortable taking him there. Jacob, what yeah. about you? I, oh, uh, Joe, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, I Joe. Think that's where he's going to end up, right? So if they don't bring in anybody else to address this situation, he's going to be a fifth or sixth round guy maybe fourth, somebody might get bald. You know how it goes, guys. Every year, like, like imagine last year, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is drafted, and, like, the buzz isn't that big. But then we get to, like, June, then we get to July, and we get to August, and suddenly it's, like, Damian Williams two years ago. Suddenly Damian Williams went from, like, an afterthought to we had friends that drafted him in the second round. Yeah, and it's also once the rankings start coming out and then yeah. you start seeing Mike Davis, like, ranked – 15th overall running backs. And you're yeah. like, damn, like maybe yeah. I do want to take him in the fifth round. Yeah. Because so, <laughs> no, maybe higher, maybe third. Yeah. Round. Oh, listen, the narrative is there's nobody to challenge him for this number one spot. We've seen Edo Smith, but we've seen Mike Davis. Be and he's proved himself yeah. last year. And listen, guys, yes, he did tail off at the end of the year. Mike Davis was thrust into a CMC light role. This guy was doing like – he was getting like 10 catches. Dude, he was top like five. For, yeah, and dude, he's not crazy. CMC. So there's no reason to think that a guy like Mike Davis should sustain that. But in a season-long role where he's just expected to go out and kind of be the guy and he's on a good passing team like Atlanta where you have Ridley, you have Julio, mm-hmm. you have um, – I can't think of the other guy, but I do like him. Um, Russell Gage. Gage. And Hayden Hurst. So you have those pass catchers. So like even Todd Gurley sucked, dude. This guy was like three yards a carry. And he was still decent, fantasy relevant for a lot of the year. So Mike Davis to me is an upgrade over Todd Gurley. So if Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. If he's there as the guy, he's a fourth round pick, and you're probably if nothing changes, you're gonna get your value out of that pick. Yeah, I've been keeping my eye on this because, you know, I have CMC in a dynasty league and I had Mike Davis because he was a handcuff, right? And then I'm like, oh, I'm obviously going to cut Mike Davis. He's going to be a backup somewhere else. Like, who cares? And now it's like, wait a minute, maybe not. So it's interesting. And I was also, when we were doing all the videos uh, during the offseason, like predicting where people might go, I was like, somebody – like Aaron Jones is going to go to Atlanta. Jamal Williams. I was keeping my eye open for that Atlanta running 
starting running back job because remember the Devontae Freeman days and, and Devontae oh, Freeman yeah. and Tevin Coleman days? Like, and it's almost it's like look, you stop Matt Ryan and Julio Jones there. The offense hasn't changed that much. So mm-hmm. you there's pr- productivity there to be had. And I if they go into it, look, I could see them bringing back Brian Hill, like sign Brian Hill to a one year a $2 million deal. And then they ride it with Edo Smith, Brian Hill with Mike Davis as the number one guy there. Yeah. I, I'm actually excited. Cause I didn't even know about this until earlier today. And I was listening to a, a podcast and they mentioned it. It must've uh, slipped my radar, but uh, I'm actually excited about this. No wonder why yeah. it's so far down the list, Jacob. Come on. Yeah. It should have been topic number six, but I'm curious what else of these stand out to you guys? Any anything notable? Well, there's still some running backs left to be had on the market too, guys. I mean, yeah. Is I, there anybody I'm missing down there? I mean, I put Leonard Fournette and James Conner, Le'Veon Bell. Those are pretty big. Yeah, I mean, those guys. And then you know, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm way off. Kalen Balaj was impressive <laughs> on the Chargers <laughs> when he played. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. I, I don't know he just that needed the right fit. and he's going to get a starting job, but like as a cheap flyer for Whoa. a team like the Falcons that say, dude, think about the Miami Dolphins last year. Okay. We went into the year. They had Brita. They had uh, Josh Howard. And remember it was like, Oh, which one are you drafting? I don't know. They're probably go both. And then like, neither I remember that anything. specific podcasting about it. Like, yeah. And yeah. then neither of them. Neither of them. They both sucked. They both suck. And who was the guy's gas? It's not even that they sucked. It's that they didn't get any opportunity. And no one told us and that they Ahmed. weren't going to play. It's, so that's my point is that, like, watch out for a team that you're like, oh, they could use a running back. But, you know, and then they go and sign Kalen Balazs and we're like, ah, he's just the backup. Like, these guys are way more, like, pronounced than him. You know, maybe yeah. even – the Falcons, you know, or the Steelers, you know, and then all of a sudden some guy like that ends up having a really good year. So Ooh, uh, I could see the Steelers that that's a good fit for the Steelers. They need somebody to carry the rock, man. And that's my next one that I'm keeping an eye out for. Like who goes to yeah, Pittsburgh? That'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. I, I will say this. I'll bring light on a Tevin Coleman signing to the New York Jets. I mm-hmm. think that's a great pickup. Uh, I honestly, right now, unless they address it in the draft, there's not a lot of competition there. I think Tevin Coleman slides right into a nice, probably 15 touch role because he's not going to really compete with Josh Adams. Uh, we know Tevin Coleman is injury prone, so that plays a part. Josh Adams showed promise, but wasn't really anything. And then they also have Samaj P. Ryan, who was in and out of games last year. So he's reconnecting with Robert Sala, even though Robert Sala was technically a defensive coach in San Francisco. But you never know. People stay in connect, contact with each other. They may be synced up here. These may, this might be a good fit for Tevin Coleman. We might see him fantasy relevant once again. Uh, and seeing how the rest of the offseason plays out, I'm totally willing to take a flyer on this guy somewhere in like the sixth or seventh round if he's a running back one for the New York Jets. Well, if he's a running back one for the New York Jets, he's not going that far back. But I, no, I, yeah. I think he'll go further. And you think he'll go further back? And 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 just to correct you real quick, so Maje Piran plays for Cincinnati, where you're thinking of Michael Piran. Michael Piran, yeah. Are you guys and, brothers? Uh, Let us know. Tweet me back. I don't know, but I'm taking the wait and see approach on the Jets. Okay, they have not produced a good running back, and they've had Le'Veon. They've had. I, I, I don't want to touch this situation. And listen, Tevin Coleman, like the guy, wish somebody, one of my uncles texted me the other day. He said, what do you think about Tevin going to the Jets? I said, I wish him a good farewell. You know, like, I'm not losing any sleep over it. Goodbye. Thank you for your service. You know, uh, I hope he does good, but I'm not super impressed with him. And uh, that offense will be determined. So... I don't know. I, I, I'm not taking him, even if it's in the seventh or eighth round. Like, I don't know. Do I take that? I, I guess I'd have to look and see who else is well, in the seventh or eighth round. But I will say this. It's it's a new team. It's a new identity. I mean, it's Robert Sala. No one apparently loved playing for Adam Gase. If you look at the track record of Adam Gase and the teams he's coached throughout the years, the Bills, the, the Dolphins, and – whoever he was just with the jets it, it it wasn't good those teams were never good you had very few fantasy options there you know 
bring in insert Robert Sala. I just like to think there's a new culture in New York. I want to see promise from a the P Rines are cousins. I had yeah. to figure that out. I could I not. I had to know that because it's such a unique back. name. Yeah. Um, to me, guys, I think there's a couple things that f- are flying under the radar here. T.Y. Hilton signing back with the Colts. Look, they didn't Hoorah. like the only guy I really like there is Michael Pittman Jr. I think he's going to be a beast going into next year, but they can't just throw to one guy. And now I T.Y. Hilton had a little resurgence at the end of last year. And that was Philip Rivers throwing to him. This team is just a great team overall. And I mm-hmm. think Wentz is going to have time. And I think he's going to – I honestly think T.Y. Hilton's going to be a solid fantasy play this do year. Do you? I, I really do. Because, who, I mean, unless they draft or bring in somebody else, which they could, I think he's going to get, you know, his six or seven targets that he needs to be relevant. Yeah. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, my Watch. problem with that team is not necessarily T.Y. Like, I don't – or it's not necessarily even Wentz. It's uh, it's one. T.Y. Hilton has always relied on beating guys. And at age 32, 33, can he still do that reliably? I don't fair. know. Because he's not a big dude, right? He's 5'10", something. Yeah, that's fair. And number two, they run the ball. They run, they run again, and then they run again. Marlon Mack is going to be back. Uh, Taylor's got a full year under his belt. Wilkins is still there. Um small dude that catches the ball all the time is still there. Hines is still there. Yeah. I just think he's not going to be at what, how he was terrible last year where he was just droppable. I don't think he's going to be that bad. And then he might not be as good as how he came on last year at the end of the year. He for like, I think I don't remember what it was, but like the last four weeks or something, he was killing it. So mm. I think it'll be somewhere in the middle. Uh, and especially like Wentz is better than Phillip rivers right now. So yeah, I, I just think if they don't make any more additions to the wide receiver core, I think he could – I'm not saying he's going to be wide receiver too. I'm saying, like, he's going to be one of these guys that you have on your bench and that you can plug into your flex when you need him. Mm-hmm. They still have a stupid amount of money too, I saw. Well, I, I, I they do, but I, I realized why uh, somebody else was talking about it. They have to pay a bunch of guys, like – <laughs> like Quentin, well, coming up, like Quentin Nelson, the the guard, yeah, like, in debt. Like they gotta pay these guys. Like, so they're saving they the money. A lot of talent on the money. roster that are on rookie contracts. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I just saw the I saw the recent highlight, and I think Joe, this is what you were transitioning to. Maybe Josh Reynolds to the Titans. I know you yeah. spoke about how much you liked him. You want to yeah. take that for a second? I yeah, think he fits yeah. into that uh, Corey Davis role nicely. Yeah, I mentioned it in the group chat. I told you guys I, I like this signing. It was underrated. Listen, everything, and I see the Rams at least twice a year, right, for this guy's whole career. And everything that I've seen from him over the last two, three years has been like flashes, flashes. Like, damn, this guy could be good, but Cup and Wood are better, right? Or Brandon Cooks is also better. Or Higby. Like, how many pieces came in through while he was there? And, like, he just never fully got a chance to break out. But even last year, and some could argue, you know, they had a triple threat at the running back. They still had Woods and Cup. They had Garrett Everett and Hickey, who neither of them stood out, but they were both catching balls. And they had the rookie, uh, Van Van Jefferson? Was it, was it? Yeah, Van, yeah, Van Jefferson or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. Yeah, he's good too, but – Josh Reynolds is a bigger dude, six foot three, two hundred pounds. I seen him go up for to get catches. You know what Josh Reynolds reminded me of? Every time he would catch the ball, he'd make an excellent catch, and I would always think it was like uh, Robert Woods. And I would, and I had Robert Woods on my fantasy team, so I'm like, hell yeah! And I'm like, god damn it, Josh Reynolds, you know? He was always the third guy, and now I. I like that because it's not like they added him and Corey Davis came back. Oh. Corey Davis is gone, and Corey Davis was solid last year. Yeah. And AJ Brown is—I mean, I'm sorry to say it—he's injury prone. Yeah. So, and dude, I didn't realize Josh Reynolds is six three. Yeah. He's—I think oh, he could be solid like there. Running, he's he injury prone, big, but he commands. Uh, Go ahead, Joe. Jacob likes his big, uh, big, big wide receivers. So yeah. I said six three. Jacob's ears perked up. He's like, oh shit. I'm take a flyer on that guy no i mean listen there's even when uh when when uh 
who's the number one wide receiver in Titans right now? AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Even when he came back, Davis wasn't like all of a sudden irrelevant. He was nope. still relevant. Nice. Right? So yeah. I think that there's a big hole there. 92 catches or 92 targets, 65 receptions, 985 yards, five touchdowns. Somebody's got to fill it. And I like Josh Reynolds, a very late round flyer. Uh, but I could see him being one of those guys we just talked about where the buzz kind of grows as we get closer. And mm-hmm. he ends up being one of those guys. And it's like, so early, man. Like, we don't know what their draft plans are, what yeah. there's still free agents available that, like, if they add like two more guys, we'd be like, ah, oh, Josh Reynolds, yeah. maybe not so much. But right now, I'm loving it. Yeah, I agree. I'm loving it as well. Uh, gentlemen, do we have any other noteworthy names before we close out today's show? You guys want to give me one last gander? This is your uh, chance now, or whoever for hold. The one <laughs> other dude I wanted to talk sure. about, actually, which I said uh, was Damian Williams. And ah, yes. I don't think it would be entirely surprising, guys, if he ends up carving out a role. And I hate to say it, but it's like David Montgomery, like we've been waiting for him and waiting for him and waiting for him. And then he finally like blew up for the good part of last year, right? And yeah, now it feels that. like. I don't know, just Damian Williams, everywhere that he's went, he's always found a way to cut out a role. So I just don't see him going there to be like some third-end guy. I think he's going to be 1A and 1B to Montgomery, and I could see him gaining awful coach Matt Nagy's trust to the point where he (laughs) plays him down the stretch when they need to win a game over Montgomery. I hope it doesn't happen from a fantasy perspective, but, uh, like, this is a guy that I'm looking at, like, dude, I might take a flyer on him in the late round and hope that I can get a flex option out of him. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, man. And wasn't Mike Davis there before he went to mm-hmm. Carolina and With he was Cohen. playing a lot? He was, like, promised a starting jock or something like that. Some weird he played, like, two games, but then Cohen yeah. and Montgomery got most of the run. And I think that was Montgomery's rookie year, too. Yeah. Oh, because we were all excited about Montgomery, and then they signed Mike Davis, and we were like, what? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And Cohen, remember that. Yeah. wasn't that the year that Cohen killed it, or was it the year before? I think it was the year before that. Because I remember Cohen had one of those years where it was well, like, Receiving-wise, mostly, yeah. he was killing it, yeah. Um, well, real quick, I think, I mean, this is probably not even going to draft this guy, but somebody <laughs> needs to be thrown to in Detroit. And I do think... They have the, I think they have the number seven pick. I think they're going to take the best wide receiver on the board at, at number seven, unless they go defense. But mm-hmm. you got to look at Brashad Perriman, man. Like, look, they signed Tyrell Williams. I don't know if that guy's ever going to be healthy, but I, if they don't take a, a top wide receiver at that spot, even if they do, they got to throw to somebody. Their defense sucks. They're going to be down a lot. Look, Swift, Hawkinson, uh, Jamal Williams are going to get a lot of targets, but they're going to need to throw to somebody downfield. I would keep an eye out for Brashad Perriman. Uh, Perriman That's a good point, Jacob. That's a good point. Like, uh, I'm glad you mentioned this that because I don't think they're going to go with a quarterback, right? And Eric Goff still throws the ball. I think they're going to throw a lot to Swift, but um, they're going to have to throw someone. Wasn't that – who was that guy last year? Cephas, was it? Oh, yeah. something Quan Cephas. Oh, Jones, yeah, yeah. Like that. And he, Quintez Cephas. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... he came kind of out of nowhere. He was okay. He had some games, right? He ended up finishing, I think, number two on the team. I don't know. But um, I don't know. And they still have Hawkinson, huh? Does this push Hawkinson into the top five, like, guaranteed? Yeah. I mean, I he he's already was going to be that, I think. I, I really like TJ Hawkinson. It makes me mad because – he was on the waiver wire in our dynasty league last year and mm-hmm. somebody else picked him up. So still salty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's the question is, can he jump up to that Kittle? He's got the talent, right? He was a top 10 pick. Can he jump up to that Kittle Kelsey range? Ugh. Oh, no, I mean, I who else are they going to throw to is my hey, I think now we can include Darren Waller in that conversation. That yeah. Kittle I, Wallace. Kelsey, uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't sound as sweet point. as Kelsey Kittle because it's you know the KK. Yeah, but we can't throw another Whoa. K in there because then it'd be inappropriate. So we got to throw in a W. KKW. Uh, okay, so Kittle, Kelsey Waller. 
Hey, listen, I just want to see Waller. Like, I know he's had two good years, but two years ago, he wasn't. He was behind Earth's Kelsey and Kittle, like, and Andrews. Right? Yeah, but he kind of that was he was kind of just coming on then. I, I, I can I consider him in in there honestly. Well, let me ask you. Okay, Kittle and Kelsey, we saw last year like their top two picks, right? Or like they're in the top two rounds. I think Waller's going in in the third or fourth round. Okay, so he's not third round on their level. He's right behind them. I I think so. And look, I love Kittle, but I, he's. Kittle's more injury prone. So like I wouldn't like be so shocked if somebody took Waller over Kittle, to be honest. For that reason. Yeah. In a I mean, in a regular redraft. He had 107 catches, 1,200 yards, nine he killed, It's because they only throw they only throw to him. They didn't get rugs, any targets or anything. Well, hey, if it ain't if it ain't well, broke. The touchdowns was the biggest jump, right? I mean, he did have 17 more catches and 50 more yards, but he also had six more touchdowns. Yeah. So I'm looking at that and saying, yes, he had a fantastic year, but I don't know if I'm – I'm ready to put him squarely at third. So my question is, can Hawkinson challenge Waller for the third uh, spot? Not yet. I, I not think yet. not. Not yet. Not yet. I think he finishes Possible. inside the top ten. I don't know if he cracks top five. Fair enough. I'm going to do a bucket down with you guys later and say that Hawkinson ends up higher than Waller. Let's do it now, man. I want Justin here for that bucket down. Well, and we got to see right, what fine. happens the rest of the offseason. He's man. number one fan All of the right. committee. So. All right. Well, listen up, guys. There are plenty more names out there that are relevant. They have still yet to fall, and we hope to bring them or at least break it down for you next week. All right. With that being said, again, Thank you for all of you who joined. Thank you for all of you who listen. Uh, feel free to follow us on any one of our platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at First Round Fantasy. We appreciate all that you do. With that being said, we're out of here. We'll see you next week. Peace. Later.